Hi, you're tuning into New Life Vietnam. Today's message by Brother Diego and Brother Jojo is Is the Lord's hand too short? From Numbers chapter 11, verse 23. Good morning, church. God is good. All the time. Amen. Today, our pastor is not here. But Jesus is here. Amen? Amen. Amen. And he is all the time good. Amen? So, pastor is preaching in Singapore, so please remember him in your prayers. And here we have uh, our in-house speakers. And uh, praise God for them. So, uh, to begin with, uh, we have Brother Jojo will be sharing his testimony. And so, let's put our hands together and uh, welcome Brother Jojo. Is that all? I think you can do a better job, right? Lord, that because of you, we can speak. We can keep still and know truly that you are our God. In Jesus' name. Uh, who are English speakers here? There you go. Forgive me if I mispronounce it, okay? So, if, if you feel that it was mispronounced, then It doesn't mean that way, okay? Right, uh, to my brethren, I stand here to testify. Uh, I was given seven minutes, but I think it will take seven hours. Okay, my intro to my testimony is about stillness. Hearing testimonies, how God did something spectacular in someone else's life, may perhaps present a challenge to us. Maybe not, not all, but to me. Yet I rejoice in hearing about prayers being answered. But also I wonder why God hasn't done anything amazing or awesome for others. But that's the least of my I sound selfish, right? Perhaps it is more easy to ponder if God showed in some astonishing ways for you, for me, for all of us. Like what he did to Abraham. Remember when remember in Genesis, maybe you can check that, in Genesis 12, 15, 16 to 17. You can check that on your own uh, precious time. That sometimes we sense that if Abraham was given that time 
that we, we will be more faithful to serve God. Remember, God only showed up to Abraham every 12 to 14 years during those times. His work, dude, can you help me? Sorry, I'm low tech. His works usually is behind the scene. God always works behind the scene. But during the, 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 we're in the New Testament, during the Old Testament, he manifested sometimes physically, sometimes behind the scene. But mostly he works behind the scene. He says he will not let you and me be tempted beyond what we can, uh, uh, you and I can hear. And yet, if we are tempted, He will always provide a way out. Amen? Amen. Check that in 1 Corinthians. Somewhere there. Every day, every hour, every minute, every second of our lives, my life, God is so busy in shielding you and me from the devastation, from the onslaught of the enemy that would otherwise leave us defeated and helpless. Yet, when temptation hits us, he makes ramps for you and me so we may escape. So today, I am thankful beyond grateful of what he did for me. Here comes the testimony. Stillness. Why? Why stillness? Less than four years ago, in October of 2018, I was diagnosed. I was diagnosed to have a clinical depression. Those who want to live, live. Now, this is a boring testimony. No, seriously, live. It aggravated on the August of 9, the same year, that a very good friend, a climbing partner of mine, died of a heart attack. And they call that incident as one time big time. He never knew that he was having a cardiac arrest at the back of the car. This climbing body of mine has been with me for 19 years. The pressure I was having here in Vietnam going back to Manila to give a eulogy was so so pressured. But I didn't. I didn't go back to Manila. Because I cannot. I was having some issues prior to August 9. But I didn't know that. Days and couple of weeks after that August 9, I tried burying myself with work, ministry privileges, attending to add jobs to augment my family's income, and even try to play some hoops with some newfound Korean friends for speaker. There you go. That was August 27, right? Pretending nothing, nothing happened. A day after that shooting hoops with those newfound friends, something did happen. A crack in my back due to an old wound which I had 39 years ago. By the way, I'm 61. So do the math. <laughs> that old wound, I slit this. I slit my lumbars. 
lumbars from L3, L4, and L5. Sending sympathetic nerve pits to my nape, my cervicals. Cervicals of C2 and C3. Now the journey began. After a battery of tests from the hospital where I was diagnosed, amongst the three specialists, one highly recommended ephesiotherapy instead of corrective surgery. I was opting for a co uh, corrective surgery, but the price were and insurance was. I readily agreed. I readily agreed to the former. But they, uh, they, one of the one of the doctors insisted that I should go for the corrective surgery because of my age. But I said I am. I was fifty-eight then. So I said, okay, I will, I will submit myself to corrective surgery. So they say, okay, do an MRI scan. You know MRI scan, right? Yeah. And I failed big time, twice. Perhaps due to my restlessness, my unstillness. Not knowing the said therapy will be 120 hours. And one no, no, sorry. Not knowing that the therapy will be 120 sessions. One session is equivalent to almost one hour, four minutes, and three seconds. It is divided in three sections. The blaster, which is four minutes of light voltage running up your cervicals. The shockwave, 20 minutes of seven to 10 volts placed at your lower back to soften the muscles. And the most agonizing of them all, the traction. Around 20 to 30 minutes, depending on the degree of the lumbars. I told you this is boring, right? <sighs> of agonizing pain to overcome the pain. That traction binds your torso from the, from the, what do you call this? From the leg to the back. And then they estimate 30% of your weight. They split you get a taste of healing three times a week. Big thanks to the pandemic period, my sessions were extended to, to 60 more sessions. Yet, because of God's healing, I have come this far. In fact, for the past two Wednesdays, consecutive Wednesdays, I was able to play some hoops with my boy, and I am 61. I beat the heavens out of them. <laughs> That's a wink. That's a wink. <laughs> Our pastor, like, gave me handicap. He just showed me the pain to play. Go for the gold. You can do this. So, I stand here, 90% physically healed. Not too bad. I got 10% to go after almost five years, four years. The second to the last. Now I praise and thanks. I praise and thanks and great and give gratefulness. I stand here with my hands with praise, bowing down, taking a knee with thanks. I can do this without the fear. 
because of one, because of the one who did it all for me, the Lord Jesus, who is simply good and true. And to the beloved folks here, you know yourselves, you know yourself. One guy is in Singapore. In this church, I finally call you bros and sis. The leadership of this church is simply humbling. So again, Lord, I thank you. But with that 10% to go, I had this fear of rejection that I might spiral down. Now, this is the human part of me. Backtracking a little, that four years and three months plus a couple of weeks now, that faithful journey of being lucid, embarrassing to admit. No, no, no. Oh, let, let's, let's take that back. Embarrassing to admit. I began seeing things. I began hearing voices. It seems like every day, I was having high fever every day, all day long. And I place them, I place all the, the blame to my son, to my wife, to the leadership of this church. I lambasted them. My pastor allowed me he made a special WhatsApp for me to just go for it. Just go for it. Just go for it. Say all the things. I was so angry and mad at them that they don't even understand where I am, how I felt, what I was experiencing. Well, during those times, what can I say? I felt I was down and up. The only way out is to blame them. But now I transact it after four years, almost five years, with the joy of acceptance, not thinking of spiraling down. It's a mindset. It's a fear. Fear is something, Brother Robert, what did you say about fear? False. False expectation appearing Real. Again, what is fear? Take that. It is not real. So, it is unreal. So, instead of spiraling down, God made me decide to ascend. To ascend to the peak of His faithfulness of healing, constant provision, and proceed to the journey. Now, my closing. David, King David, boldly approached God with his complaints and concern. So I ran to that. He voiced his frustration, sorry, about the wickedness he saw. The wickedness I saw. Yet, he didn't lose confidence in the Lord's power. 
including because of the promises of God. If you remember the January 1st that I was given the privilege to share, how many promises? There you go, began. I will never forget that. My analytic geometry during my first semester was 74. On the fourth quarter, I made 87. That's why I, I cannot forget that 
Next slide. Uh, oh, there's no words. Okay. Let's read uh, Numbers chapter 11, verse 23. The Lord answered Moses, Is the Lord's arm too sharp? Now you will see whether or not what I say will come true for you. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, as we read your word, my master, I pray that you will talk to us. And we want to hear you talking to us and visiting us. That your name be exalted in Jesus' name. Amen? The background of the story is God used Moses to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. They were living in a land of slavery. They were living in a land where they were being tormented. And God, with his mighty arms, brings them out of Egypt. All the signs and wonders that took place, all the signs and wonders through which he brought them out. Here, the children of Israel are in the wilderness. He, he parted the Red Sea. They walked through the Red Sea. He was leading them as the pillar of fire, the pillar of, the pillar of cloud. In all these things, he, he rained down manna from heaven for them to eat as food. But the people here are complaining. They're complaining for meat. They want to eat meat. So that's the background where Moses is so desperate. He's so rejected. He's so much feeling sad that he's asking God. So let's, that's the background of the story. So let's read uh, Numbers chapter 11, verses 13 to 15. So I'll read. Uh, please follow on your own Bibles here. Yeah. Numbers chapter 11, verses 13 to 15. Where am I to get meat to give to all these people? For they weep before me, saying, Give us meat that we may eat. I alone am not able to carry all these people because it's too burdensome for me. So if you are going to deal thus with me, please kill me at once, if I have found favor in your sight, and do not let me see my wretchedness. So this was Moses' prayer. He was so much hurt that he's asking God, where am I going to get meat for so many people, God? And the total number of people, there were men over 20 years onwards, 600,000 men, plus children. There were so many children, uh, and then plus women. So an est estimate of 2 million people, plus or minus, so many people to have meat. Where am I going to get meat for them? So Moses is asking God, take away my life, Lord. I don't want to live. The first point here I want to just bring out is fear of rejection. How many of you are going through, how many of us are going through fear of rejection? God is telling you that my arms are not too sharp. So for that, God's answer was in verse 20, verses 19. But a whole month, sorry, verses 19. You shall eat not one day, nor two days, nor five days, nor ten days. Not twenty days, but the whole month, until it comes out of your nostrils and be, becomes loathsome to you because you have rejected the Lord who is among you and wept before him, saying, Why did we ever leave Egypt? But Moses said to the Lord, The people among whom I am are six hundred thousand on foot, yet you have said, I will give them meat so that they may eat for a whole month. So this is the question that Moses is asking God, verses 22. Should flocks and herds be slaughtered for them, to be sufficient for them? 
Or shall all the fish of the sea be gathered together for them to be sufficient for them? The Lord said to Moses, verse 23, Is the Lord's power too limited? Now you shall see whether my word will come true for you or not. So verse 23, the Lord is telling. The Lord answered in NIV version and says, Moses, is the Lord's arm too sharp? Now you will see whether or not what I say will come true for you or not. The question that Moses asked, God, take me away. I don't want to be here. Just take me away. I can't. But God is telling, no, you don't have to go anywhere. I can do something here. And now the question that Moses has, how are you going to do this, God? It's impossible. In our impossibilities, our God is a sufficient God. Amen? His arms are not too short. Whatever difficulty you are in, I am in today. Remember, a God's arm is not too short. That's what he's telling Moses. Is the Lord's arm too short? Now you will see whether or not what I would say will come true for you. Numbers 11.23. And after that we read that God sent quail. Uh, you can read it in uh, verses 31 onwards. Where the Lord sent quail. And it was so much that, you know, they had it for a month. And the people who were greedy, they lost their lives there. But God proved to Moses that his arms are not too short. When you and I go through fear of rejection, remember, he is with you and his arms are not too short. Amen? Amen. The next point is, uh, let's turn our Bible to Mark chapter 5. Verses 22 to 25. Mark chapter 5, verses 22 onwards. So here is a story of a man from the synagogue. His name is Jairus. He comes to Jesus asking for help to heal his daughter. So there are verses, uh, I will be reading verses 5, 22 to 20, 23, and then 35 to 36. And then 39 to 42. Okay? So verses 22 to 23. One of the synagogue officials named Jairus came up on seeing him, fell at his feet, and implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Please come and lay your hands on her, that she may get well and live. Verses 35. To 36. While he was still speaking, there came from the house of the synagogue official saying, Your daughter has died. Why trouble the teacher anymore? 36. But Jesus said, But Jesus, overhearing what was being spoken, said to the synagogue official, Do not be afraid any longer. Only believe. 39. To 42 and entering in he said to them why make a commotion and weep the child has not died but is asleep they began laughing at him but putting them all out he took along child's father and the mother and his own companions and entered the room where the child was taking the child by hand he said to her Talita kom, which means little girl I say to you get up Immediately the girl got up 
and began to walk, for she was 12 years old, and immediately they were completely astounded. Here, the father comes to Jesus with the fear of death. That if Jesus does not come to his house, his daughter is going to die. How many of us are going through this kind of fear? Maybe fear of death of our life or fear of the of one of our beloved ones. I want to tell you, for a child of God, death is not an end. It is a beginning. Amen? Amen. When we die, we live with him forever. Amen? That is the confidence for a child of God. Here, a father is pleading for his daughter's life. And Jesus visits. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? How many of you believe that he's the same for you today in your life? Amen? When you go through the fear of death, remember, he is your life giver. His arms are not too short. Amen? The third point is fear of humiliation. It's in the same chapter where from verses 25 to 34, as Jesus is walking to this official's house, there is a woman who has a disease, an issue of blood, a hemorrhage, which nobody has been able to heal her. And she in that crowd goes and touches the hem of Jesus' garment. So this is about her. Let's read from Mark uh, 5, 25 to 34. Okay, Mark 5, 25 to 34. Let me read from 24. And he went off with him, and a large crowd was following him and pressing in on him. A woman who had, an, had a hemorrhage for 12 years and had endured much at the hands of many physicians and spent all that she had and was not helped at all, but rather had grown worse. After hearing about Jesus, she came up in the crowd behind him and touched his cloak, for she thought, if I just touch his garment, I will get well. Immediately the flow of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her afflictions. Immediately Jesus perceiving in himself that power proceeding from him had gone forth, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing in on you and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see the woman who had done this. But the woman fearing and trembling aware of what had happened to her came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Here there's a woman who's been humiliated throughout her life for the past 12 years. And you know, in verse 26 it says, She had endured much at the hands of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was helped was not helped at all, but rather had grown worse. So many times, our humiliation, even our own cannot understand. Our own, maybe our own parents, if you are children, or your own siblings, or your, even if it is husband and wife, you know, husband, 
can only understand wife up to an extent and wife can only understand husband up to an extent. But it is Jesus who alone can understand you. He understood her humiliation and he calls her front, not to humiliate her. You know, he calls, who touched me? Not to humiliate her further, but to tell her, my daughter, do not be afraid. My hands are not too shut. You know, the earlier uh, verses, the next verses we see, a father, Jairus, is coming to plead for his daughter. So many times we have people who pray for us, who plead for us as children. But sometimes we don't have anybody to even call us our own and, you know, hug us or comfort us. Here Jesus is telling her, here a father is telling her, his daughter, that do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. In verse 34, he said, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. When we are going through our humiliating experience, when we go through the fear of humiliation, remember, he is your honor and glory. His arms are not too short. Amen? Wilderness is not your destiny. It's a journey. Desert is not your destiny. It's a journey. Your destiny is where you meet your Lord face to face and He embraces you in His arms. The one, you, one who called you is a faithful God and to lead you, His hands are not too short. Amen? Where you're standing today, are you living with it? If you are a child of God, you've known Jesus for many years, how are, how are you walking today? What is your life today? Are you expecting world's hand to help you? Or are you looking to the hand of your maker, your creator? Are you the one who's looking up to the things that are around you? That can they help me? Will he help me or will she help me? Or are you looking to the hands that are never too sharp to help you? Now, this is a time where we, as we walk in this journey of faith, you know, to fix our eyes upon Him, who alone can lead us, whose hands alone can lead us to His kingdom. Amen? His hands are not too short. If you are here for the first time hearing about Jesus, who do not know, you do not know who is Jesus, I want to just talk to you, telling Jesus is the only one who can save us all from eternal death. We are all living alive. We are all happy, breathing. We don't know how many years we're going to go. If we walk out of this place, we don't know what's going to be at tomorrow. But when you die, where will you go? When you die, your body dies, but your soul lives forever. Your soul lives as long as Lord lives, as long as God lives. So where is your soul going to go? What is the decision? If I die, I know my soul will go to my Jesus. And the people here who believe in Jesus, they know if they die, they don't die, but they live with Christ. Amen? In the Bible, Romans 6, 23, 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Through Christ our Lord. Romans 3, 23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. Mark 8, 34 34, 36, Mark 8, 36, 37 says, For what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? Or what will a man give exchange for his soul? 
when you die, you die. Your body dies, the shell dies, but the soul lives forever. If you have made a decision to invite Jesus in your heart, to have Jesus to come over and take over your life, your soul is secure. When you die, your soul will go to him and you will live with him forever. So I want to give you this chance, my dear friends, if you're hearing about Jesus for the first time, give your soul to Jesus. Ask him to come into your life. As, and only he can save your life. Say, Jesus, I need you. Confess your sins. Ask him to come into your life. And he can make a difference in your life. His hands are not too short. Amen? Amen. To end with, yes, I want to read uh, Jeremiah chapter 18, verses 1 to 6. Jeremiah chapter 18, verses 1 to 6. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will announce my words. When I went down to the potter's house, there he was making something on the wheel, but the vessel that he was making of clay was spoiled in the hands of the potter. So he remade into another vessel, as it pleased the potter to make. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Can I not, O house of Israel, deal with you as this potter does? Declares the Lord, Behold, like the clay is in the hand of the potter, so you are in my hand, O house of Israel. Children of God, let us remember that we are in his hand, and his hands are not too sharp. When we are in his hands, when we have given our lives to him in his hands, Though the clay does not know what the potter is making, the potter knows what he's making. Clay did not choose to go into the hands of the potter. He stretched out his hand, took the clay, and he started to design. Right? If that potter knows the design in his mind, you and I, we don't have to know what he's going to make. Just trust him. Amen? Amen. His hands are not too sharp. And as he's making, in verse 4 it says, it broke, you know, the vessel breaks. Even if it breaks, he makes it again. In the process of being made in the hand of the potter, maybe half the way or, you know, almost three-fourths of the way, the clay might know that maybe little bit he's, this is what he's trying to do with me. We may not know. And he's, as he's completed like 90%, maybe others who see will know, oh, maybe this is what the clay is going to be made of. But the potter knows the design right from the beginning when it was a clay. Amen? And his hands are not too sharp. For reflection, uh, you know, I just want to leave you with this thought. We are all pots in making. Just wait and be still. Your potter knows what is best for you. And his hands are never too sharp. Amen? So this is a time uh, where we spend five minutes of reflection. What is kind of fear that you're going through? Is it fear of rejection? Is it the fear of death? Is it the fear of humiliation? Remember, you have a God whose hands are not too sharp. You have a God who is with you. Though your own may not understand you, Though your friends may not understand you. 
we have a God whose hands are not too short. Just believe Him. Just come back to that first love that you had on Him. That first love where you and your Savior. It's all about Him. Come back to that first love and submit your life, submit our lives to Him. Trust in Him because He is the potter and we are the clay. He knows what He's going to do with us and He knows what is best for us. It is not because of our worth, but it's because of His grace. So let's spend five minutes of reflection.
Thank you, Master, that you are the God whose hands are not too short. You're the Lord, my Master, who is the one who is in our lives today. Lord, we don't deserve to have you as our Savior, but it is thy amazing grace through which you chose us. We did not choose you, Lord, but you chose us. And you have engraved us in the palms of your hand. Or as we look forward, my Master, in this world that we live in, I pray that you will lead us, O Lord, through the fears of rejections, O Lord, through the fears of death, through the fears of humiliation. We know that your hands are not too short, my Master. You're the God who answered Moses. You're the same God, my Master, who healed Jairus' daughter. And Lord, you're the same God who healed that sister that day. And you are the same today. Lord, when we have people around us, my Master, who are there to comfort us, you are the one who comforts us. And when we do not have anybody, O oh Lord, to lift us up, you are the one who is close by our side. We commit ourselves into thy hand, O oh Lord. I pray, Lord, that you will lead us. I pray that you will guide us so that this days that are in front of us, we will run our race, O oh Lord, remembering that we are walking towards you and your hands are not too short, Lord. You are the potter, Lord, and we are the clay. Thank you, Lord, my master, for the ways that you have led us, the ways that you brought us today, that we can turn back and testify. Thank you for the testimony of Brother Jojo, my master, where you are the one who's healed him, O oh Lord, and we believe you will heal him. And you have healed him 100%. We believe in the name of Jesus. And I pray that my master, his family, O oh Lord, let them see thy hand in his life and testify about your goodness. Thank you for providing them. Thank you for today, O oh Lord, that we are here today to glorify you. I, hear, I pray for the ones who do not know you here, who do not have a connection with you, who do not know who is Jesus, who just live, my master, as the way they want to live. Help us, my master, to focus and to fix our eyes on Jesus. Because with you alone, O oh Lord, we have eternal life. But we want to live with you, for you, Father, we have all that we have is you, Lord, in our lives. And your hands are not too short. Thank you for today. Let your name be exalted. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We have some announcements. Thank you for listening. We pray that you and your family are encouraged by this message. Join us next time and do click the follow button on our profile page to stay up to date with the latest message. God bless you.